Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Good evening to you all. I am so excited to be here with you guys tonight because we're going to we're going to shake things up a little bit tonight. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some laughs. I have a very new guest to the show tonight. I have Bobby Sausalito, also known as Bobby Sauce, coming to the show. He's a comedian, amongst many other things. Bobby, thanks for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, you and I were talking uh, just pre-show here, but for the, to the audience, I uh, started following Bobby on Instagram uh, earlier this summer and he just totally cracked me up. He's got a great Instagram channel and you've got like YouTube and, and a whole bunch of other things, but your forte is going on rants. <laughs> I think your rants are pretty epic and the way your where your mind is able to grab information on the go and come up with this incredibly humorous storyline is so outrageous sometimes but it i mean that part is is funny in itself but you do poke fun at a lot of conspiracy theories you poke fun at a lot of our current politicians yep. uh and it's great to have the levity in a time in our lives where i think some of us are losing a little bit of hope in some places. Yes. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the, uh, it, this kind of where the account really began to begin with. It's just like frustration kind of builds up. And when the people around you in your immediate social circles are not there to be like, like, yeah, man, like, let's go into it. You just kind of, you have, you have this emptiness where you just want to yell it to somebody like, is anybody else, like, is anybody else seeing this? Um, and that's kind of where it all began as I just started kind of like yelling in my phone as a way to just like, all right, here's the idea. Now it's out there. Now I can go like live my life or whatever. I said what I had to say. And it just so happened to be that one of those rants just happened to pop off. And since then, they've been gaining some some pretty good traction. Well, what's really great about your comedy is, well, comedy seems to be dying <laughs> just in general. Uh, but you have found a way to beat censorship using Italian slang words, which <laughs> I totally love. I want to say that because I grew up with a ton of Italians. Uh, I grew up in Canada in outside of Toronto and my whole like high school was Italian. And then in my twenties, all I did was hang out with Italians. And I even had my own nickname because I love giving, you guys love giving each other nickna nicknames. Yeah. And yeah. I was into playing uh, Texas Hold'em poker. And I would play with the guys and I do pretty well and I take their money. And so they started calling me Nikki Stacks. Nice. And <laughs> so it's, it's fun to just like kind of hear that. For me, it's a little bit nostalgic to hear the old school kind of Italian nicknames coming through in your uh, comedy uh, shows. But you have this way of, still touching on very sensitive topics, but skirt lining, uh, you know, I guess the backlash that could come. But I mean, your yeah. audience doesn't exactly tend to the liberals who 
half or the more sensitive um, side of the, uh, the That's aisle. That's fair to say, yep. <laughs> yeah. So how did you kind of get into all of that? Like what comedy, like were you all, I guess you always were funny. That's an innate thing. I don't know. I mean, I... I thought I always thought that I was fairly funny in an observational kind of you got to be there kind of way. I never was a person that had jokes like, hey, man, tell me a joke. I was never really that guy. Um, I wasn't really like the slapstick guy either where I would you know, fall or make a stupid like a stupid physical comedy. But I was always very good at observational humor, kind of like saying the right thing with the right timing. So that was something that I always felt that I was good at. But I didn't really know how to translate that into anything other than we're all in a place seeing something. I'm like, oh, look at this guy over here and making a very sarcastic comment. I think sarcasm is kind of where it all began. Um, I think that using kind of like intellect and sarcasm to see if anyone else is paying attention is something that I kind of learned from my dad. He would always say things that were very sarcastic and see how someone would react. So I think I got that sarcasm from him. And I, I became really interested in this political stuff just simply because I was trying to be free and understand how to make more money and succeed in the world. And I was just like, this is so insane. I just have to vent this. So I just took all that sarcasm and all that funny kind of like nicknaming culture that I had always had all along and, and um, just kind of like it all sort of came together in this very beautiful and unintentional way where it was just like, this guy is a chooch and like, I can't even believe this guy. And like coming up with just funny names of saying what you need to say just in the name itself, as opposed to re-explaining it every time. And I think that, I think that like, not not to not to give him all the credit, but like Donald Trump, for example, calling somebody like Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, <laughs> yeah. like that's the type of thing where it's just like the joke is in all encompassed in the name. And it's far more significant and memorable and branded than if you were to say, you know, when when she was she used this and such to to get ahead in life. And, and how how messed up is that? Instead, you just you just hit her with the Pocahontas and it sticks. And I remember I absolutely died when I first heard him call Jeb Bush low energy Jeb. I couldn't not think of this guy as not low energy Jeb. And like it was so it was so branded that I was like, this guy's a genius. So I just kind of started doing the same thing, even though I had always done it through life. Um, I realized how to like really captivate somebody with that name and make it stick and make it memorable and funny, like long term. And that's kind well, of what I've been doing. And that's kind of the whole thing. You know, I thought it was all, always interesting how there would be people who would tear him down uh, for making up names for everyone and having yeah. those names. But that's what people remember. And all of a sudden, once you remember, all of a sudden you have an association now with that person that you can never forget because yep. it's so out there and it just imprints the, the psyche, imprints the mind. And I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of genius behind it. Yeah. It's just like it's kind of like a basic rule of 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 branding and marketing is like you you create a label and a memorable association with something and it becomes that thing. So long as it makes sense, it kind of captivates the person that's listening to it and it's and it's memorable. So those types of things, they just stick. And, um, you know, it's, it's like when I was in high school, everybody had a nickname. It's like every single person had some nickname and it was always some super arbitrary nickname that it went from this and then to this and then to this. And then a year later, you would call somebody like beach ball and people are like, why, what does that even mean? It's like, oh, two years ago, he tripped over this beach ball or, like, or whatever. And it was always like the joke kind of carried on to the point where we never even called anybody by their name. It's like Jeff's name is back pocket. This guy's name is beach ball or whatever it was. And um, it just, I don't know. It's like, we never called each other. I was never like, Hey, bill you know that never <laughs> yeah. that never really happened we always kind of had nicknames just just kind of on its own 
So when exactly did your channel start to take off? Like what, what time period was it? So I had, so I made my account in 2013 without really thinking anything of it. I took pictures of like a tree and the lake and like my dog and stuff like that. And I didn't really think much of it. Um, and I never really knew what I could use, use it for other than just like my, documenting my life. Um, two and a half years ago, um, my folks and I built a, um, we bulldozed a house here in South Florida and we built a new house, a spec house, basically a house built up from the ground with the intent of selling it. So we built this spec house and one day I was sitting on the couch at night and I was high and I looked outside and the whole house was gone and there was just a porta potty there because they were starting to build this house. And I was like, that's hilarious. Why would they put this porta potty there first? Like, I don't know how a house is built. So I just went outside and I was like, yo guys, like if you need to take a dump, like come through, there's a porta potty here, like come take a shit. Just kind of this sarcastic joke. And a bunch of people messaged me and said, that's hilarious, you gotta do more of these. So every day as the house was built, I would finish my workup for the day, walk over to the house and I'd be like, what do we got? What do we got? We got a stick, we got a log, a tube. And then over the course of the eight months, the account grew from like like two or 300 followers to probably about like 1100 or 12. And then the house was built and I was out of material. <laughs> so I just kind of, I started talking about things that I just cared about anyways. Like the pol politics were becoming part of the everyday conversation as we were getting closer and closer to the DNC and to it's an election year and everything. Um, and I just started making politically charged videos as things kind of ramped up because it was in the forefront of my mind. And the video that I made that really blew up was on August 20th, which was the night after the first night of the DNC. So I made the, I watched the DNC. I was like, that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. That's hilarious. It's so funny listening to like Bill Clinton of all people say that Donald Trump is not fit for this office. Like that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. So I just made this video one day and I'm like, yo, this is so funny. Like, I can't believe how insane these people are. And that video did 60,000 views overnight. My account quadrupled in like four days. And um, I was just like, I'm going to make a video every day until they, st they stop getting views. And here we are four and a half months later, I've got about 50,000 between Instagram, YouTube and, uh, and Facebook. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was following you before that. So that's wild. I didn't realize that your account had grown so much since then. Yep. So, um, okay. We're, we're, we're now past the inauguration date and there's a whole bunch of stuff we're going to get into everyone today, not just politics. Uh, but you know, we all heard about the great reset coming in and how amazing it's going to be and all this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, from the media yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> looking at what's happened now in the first week of this presidency, uh, to me, I feel like a lot of people who voted for, as you call them, Joey Basement. Yes. <laughs> Shanghai Joe, Joey Marionette is my new one. <laughs> Joey Marionette. Yeah. I think the great reset is now becoming the great regret. Like, yeah. So, how have you gotten any feedback from people who were pro basement and? Uh... <laughs> uh, I I didn't really have. Um, I didn't really feel like I had many people that were on that side. Just on its own. Um, I never really, nobody really has come to me and been like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. And anybody that was very Joey basement leaning certainly wouldn't come out and tell me that they suddenly support him now, you know? Um, so I think that, uh, there has been a there has been a fair amount of regret in a, in kind of the public square. You can see it like on Instagram, you see it on uh, on Twitter. But I think the, the the people in my social circles that I'm close to, they're still 
loving it because the reality is, is that they weren't paying attention really before they were paying attention, like kind of, and they were the ones sounding off every day, Raphael Warnock, John Ossoff, political, political, political. Meanwhile, the remainder of the year, they're talking about things that are not that. And I've been thinking about those things all along, but they kind of weren't, or they at the very least weren't being vocal about it. So now they're kind of like, all right, you know, Joey Basement's at the helm. Dad, you know, dad's in the room. The adults are here. Everything's going to be fine now. Evil, evil, very orange, very bad, very orange man is now out. We don't have a fascist or whatever in, in, uh, in office. And then they're off just living their life. I don't think that they're paying attention. I don't think that they were paying attention before. And I think that the regret is not going to set in until, for lack of a better phrase, like until it starts to clap their cheeks, until they start feeling it in their bank account, until they start feeling it at their job, till the people around them are like, yo, fuck, like this is not good. And I think that it's only a matter of time. And it's, it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people have been trying to sound the alarm like, yo, we're not here because we think Trump is funny. We're here because we agree with the policies that he puts out. And we generally believe that those are going to be better for the country and all of us in it um, and our freedom. Uh, it's not about Trump. Trump just so happened to be the thing that we had, the moniker that we had to rally around. It wasn't about Trump. It's never been about Trump. It will never be about Trump. It's about America and freedom and our policies that we like and, uh, you know, liberty. And they are very like, everything's got to be equal. Everything is evil. Everything is systemic. Everything is this. Meanwhile, like they weren't paying attention six months ago and they're not going to be paying attention six months from now. And it's not going to hit them until it hits them. And that's the sad part about it. It's almost like, it's almost like if you it's like if you if you understand with a further level of depth and you're arguing with somebody that that only has 10% of the understanding it's like you can't get through them and it's like they just have to they're going to have to fall right on their face to to realize the thing that all of us that have been doing all this research realize and that doesn't that's not a blanket statement for everybody some people gen, generally believe and genuinely believe that everything is bad and Joe Biden is suddenly going to solve everything um, and i think that those people are going to be sorely disappointed yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Uh, it, you know, I didn't tell anyone this, and I don't even know if you know this, but I do um, tarot card readings and things like that uh, as well. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't tell any of you guys on my channel, but I actually pulled cards the night before the inauguration. And I was like, all right, on one side, let's see, how are the people who support freedom, Trump, all that, like basically what Trump represents to, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, people who are up, like represent, um, sorry, following his policies. And then, you know, the basement lovers, you know, who just basically <laughs> want him because they don't want Orange Man bad. Yep. And so I kind of pulled cards. And as I pulled car cards for those, I guess we'll call them patriots, uh, cards didn't look so good. Uh, there was a lot of uh, resistance. There was a lot of like, uh, where are we going here? Like uncertainty. And then over on basement side, it was like excitement, happiness. There was all this joy. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I said, yeah. this is not going to go down the way some people think it's going to go down tomorrow. And yep. I was like, okay. I was just sitting here and I'm like, all right, okay. Well, good. Now I'm just like, but let me just clarify some of these cards. I said, what is going to be the outcome though? Where is this energy going? You know, like where's all this happy, we made it, we survived and now we're all gonna live like this happy new four years. And all of the cards that came out were severe disappointment, feeling abandoned, uh, just like basically total loss. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Who knows like what's gonna happen, but 
that that I, I didn't tell you guys in the audience that I actually did that the night before. Uh, so when it when it all kind of came down the way it did, I wasn't that surprised. I kind of anticipated that he was going to go in. How were you um, with that? I mean, before Inauguration Day, mm -hmm. I was quite certain that he yeah. would get in. I mean, the thing is, is that every see, I'm 33. The first year that I, the it's like, it's weird because these things, it's like, you only learn, you only learn through long-term. I feel like most of the time we learn through long-term experience, right? So something has to happen to us. And then we have to see how that decision and our, and our, our preconceived notion of what it will be plays out over a long-term. It's kind of like a friend. It's like, you have a friend for five years, you understand all the intricacies of them and you know how to identify another friend in the future that may or may not do those things to you. It's like, it takes, it's this long marinating process that you have to go through in order to learn. So when I was in 2008, which was the first year that I was able to vote, I voted for Barack Obama because I'm like, yeah, fucking free college and everybody being equal and, and, and racism and we're on America, no red states and blue states. It's like all the all the idealist parts of life. You know, it's just like this seems good. Right. I didn't think about his policies. I'm like, this guy carries himself well. This other dude is old and doddering, whatever. So I didn't think much of it. I'm like, great. I was I was proud and a proud American to go and vote for Barack Obama. Four years later, I had paid attention to all of the conspiracy. I'd gone Alex Jones. I had gone quantum physics. I had gone um, every super crazy documentary and learned so much about life and reality and understanding and all of the all of the craziest things you could imagine from aliens to the ancient Sumerians and like anything and everything in between. And by 2012, I started to realize like, wait a second, we just got clapped by this financial crisis. These people are not on our side. These banks are getting all this money. Maybe this is not what it seems. Maybe they're fucking us. You know, maybe all these, maybe all these theories and all these conspiracies actually are true. And it's a lot, and then you go like really deep into it and you're like, yo, they're, they're fucking us. They're they actually really are. They're fucking us. And it was that realization that ultimately led me to 2012. And then there was Ron Paul. And I'm like, Ron Paul, libertarian, sound money. This guy makes the most sense to me. So I got really into the Ron Paul. For the first time, I felt like somebody actually represented what I wanted, but he didn't have he didn't have that it factor. He didn't have the ability to rise to that level. He was too old or he wasn't strong enough or he wasn't America or whatever you want to say. So when he faded, I felt very disenfranchised. Like here's an opportunity. And now we have this other puppet that's in here. So then, then you just get, you get Obama again. And I'm like, like, what, do, what are we going to do? I just was like, we're kind of at the whim of this. So I kind of just was like, you know what? I can't do anything about this. I'm not going to pay attention. I know what's good, but I, there's nothing I can do. It's depressing me. So when it came back around to 2015, I remember I used to watch the daily show all the time. And I was like, they would always make fun of, of Donald Trump. And I'm like, it seems so obvious to hate this guy. It seems so obvious, but you have all these untrustworthy sources and you have all of these people that are like, this guy is the fucking devil. And that to me, the more people that say that you're a piece of shit in the public square makes me think that you maybe actually aren't. Because if you have all these things that you're supposedly supposed to trust and they're all saying that this guy's bad, I'm like, why are they saying he's bad? So let me just give him a fair shake. It's kind of like if a group of people tell me, you know, Johnny is a Johnny is a scumbag. Well, if Johnny hasn't proved himself to be a scumbag to me, I can't just prejudge this guy because the next five people say that he is. I'm going to be precautious. I'm going to take that into consideration, but I'm not going to allow the general the general opinion of other people dictate how I treat this person. I'm going to let them prove themselves worthy or not. So I just gave him a fair shake and I started listening to what he was saying and I tried to look beyond look beyond all of the all of the rough edges and think like 
What does this guy actually represent? What are the policies that he supports? When he says something that seems so obviously bad to me that I see on Daily Show, I see on TV, or I read the headline and it's like, this guy's a racist. It's like, well, what did he say? Let me look into it. And that depth of understanding, that time invested made me realize how much of the stuff he was saying I actually agreed with. And then I realized that everybody's, everybody's demonization means that he actually could do something that wasn't the same old thing. And I started to realize like, wait, could this guy be the actual beacon of truth in all of this? And he's not perfect. He's fallible like all people, but it just kind of, it just kind of got me thinking in that direction. And that was kind of why I followed his, uh, his ways. Well, I mean, let's face it, you were thinking that was a first head start. <laughs> I know, go figure, right? Um, let's talk about that then. Let's talk about because this can translate into any arena in life. It can translate into the spiritual journey. It can translate into politics. It can translate into work, um, business, people's complacency and willingness to trust, like, um, to trust only like an authority of say TV, media, basically any kind of corporation that's massively um, making money uh, to, you know, to guide them and to, to believe that that is the one and only source of truth mm-hmm. and p- people's complacency to just be spoon fed. That ultimately, I feel, is what's gotten us into this problem in the first place is no one's willing to just even take 20 minutes to do a little bit of research, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like you have to sit at home for hours every night to verify if some, you can, you can kind of for 20 in 20 minutes, you can kind of figure out a few things and be like, Oh, something's not right here. What they're saying. Yep. So why do you think people are so complacent and willing to give their trust away? Like, you know, just to give their trust to someone else and not themselves. I think that, I think that people are, I think that people, I don't want to say that they're lazy. I just want to say that in a world where we understand that specialization is the name of the game, I don't need to know how to change my oil. I need to hire somebody that can. I don't need to know how to change a tire when it's flat. I can just have AAA. I don't need to, I don't need to know how to cut my own hair. I can just have the barber down the street. There's always a, there's always a specialist that we can rely on and be super hyper efficient. And I think that all of us are, all of us are, we know that efficiency is the key to us being competitive in the marketplace, not only as people, but just like in general. So like, for example, use like a dating app. Let's use a dating app as as efficiency. It's like, I could go to a bar, I could talk to 10 girls, or I could go and I could match with potentially hundreds of girls that already like me straight away. That hyper-efficiency of being able to meet people or that hyper-efficiency of being able to find like-minded people online. For example, let's say you want to join a social group. Back in the day, you'd go downtown, you'd, you'd go to a group, you'd talk to people, try to find the social group. Now you shoot straight to it. You go on Facebook, you find the group, you show up at the group. It's like this hyper efficiency that is necessary in order for you to succeed in today's marketplace. In in that respect, if you look at all things like that, where it's like, I'm not going to go get my groceries. It's going to take me an hour and a half. I'll order them on Whole Foods delivery. I'll get them delivered to the house. Meanwhile, I can do other things. Um, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to wash my car by hand. I can go to the car wash, bomb it out 20 bucks and it's done. I could get a car wash person to come to me here in Florida, hit the button. They come to me. It's more efficient. I think that people are often, we are like, okay, get me the specialist that knows that, that I can know, like, and trust. And I will kind of like accept what they serve to me. 
And generally what that, that specialist has been in the case of news and information has been your mainstream news media. People watch CNN, ABC, CBS, CNBC. No one ever was like, hey, these people are not objective news. For fuck's sake, they say objective news, which is just like part of the whole con. And I think that our, our parents' generation, that was the case. And there's so, many, there's so many examples of the news doing really great things and uncovering all of these horrendous injustices. And you've seen movies about them unco- uncovering these horrendous injustices. So you're just like, these are trustworthy people. The sad part is, is that there's a lot of good mixed in with a lot of bad. And now there are these political operatives that are kind of like hell bent on telling their side of the story and only that it's not objective. So I think that people just naturally are like, just give me a specialist and tell me what it is. I got shit to do. I got kids. I got to clean the house. I got to go to work. I'm trying to get mine. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to have a side hustle, whatever. I don't have time for politics. And they're all corrupt anyways. Fuck them. You know, oh, they're full of shit. What are they going to do? It's not going to change my life. I'm going to go just live my life until they do. And that's when you, that's when it's like your average person doesn't see it. And they've, they've figured out a way to sneak into your mind without, be, without you consuming it directly and to sneak into your life without you realizing it. Instead of just taxing you, which they do anyways, they just inflate the money right out of your pocket without you knowing. Instead of, instead of infiltrating your mind by making you watch that TV, they get all the people around you that consume it and then they sell it to you by forcing them to be outraged. They found ways in. They found ways in through magazines, through movies, through music, through TV. They support and endorse anything that kind of toes their message down the line. And because they own all these different pieces, you don't even realize that it's coming. You're watching a movie. You're sitting there thinking you're watching a funny movie. Meanwhile, that shit's super left with a super little tinge to it. And you don't even realize. So they've got all the pieces of media and they're affecting you without you even knowing it. And people are just here like, they don't even realize that that's happening to them. It's happening subconsciously. And we just, we want a specialist to solve it for us. We don't want to pay attention. And because of that reason, we get we get manipulated. Um, we get manipulated without even realizing it. And I think that's kind of the answer to why all of this stuff is the way that it is. I don't think people even understand what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Everyone kind of has this, this version of the world of what they believe that they live in, which is usually very far from what is reality. Yeah. What I'm so amazed at is how what's on your TV, super, that reality supersedes the reality you experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Well, the thing is that everybody, we all want to be smart. We all want to be tribal. We all want to be part of the team. We want to be in the conversation. I remember when I was in high school, I had a buddy of mine that his parents didn't have cable. And every time we were joking around about, did you see South Park this weekend? He was like out of the conversation. And this dude read books, shitload of books, really smart guy, but we watched TV. So he was out of the conversation and it's like, ah, we can't talk to him. You know, he's not going to laugh at these jokes because he didn't see South Park. I think that we all have this, we all have this inherent nature where we want to be tribal. So we want to be like, did you see that crazy thing on the news? Did you see this? Oh, oh. and then like, now you're in the click, you're on the team, you're all in agreement. Everybody's, we're all together. It's like when you go to a football game and you don't care who wins, you're going to root for the home team when they win, because that's what everybody's doing. We have this nature, we have this innate nature to just be tribal and want to be part of the, be part of the group, be part of the team. We don't, we certainly don't want to go against it. Um, And I think that like that, that causes a problem just in and of itself, because we get, we get kind of, we get kind of lost where we don't even have our own position. 
And I think that goes for both sides of the aisle. Like, for instance, those who we would say, oh, are kind of just not aware to what's really going on and to those who are hyper aware of what's going on and going down every rabbit hole conspiracy known to man, um, that it goes for both sides of that tribalism of trying because First off, if you're someone who's kind of aware and no one else can relate to you, you're like, I got to find people I can relate to. Absolutely. That's yep. that's completely normal. And that, that's you need a support system. We all need a support system in some way because uh, otherwise we're talking to a wall. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's no fun. But it's interesting because, you know, speaking of conspiracy theories and also being tribal, you know, we were talking about how there's just a gazillion conspiracy theories going on right now of what's actually happening. And, you know, there's some that I feel hold some decent water. Like there's some that there, there's some decent backing behind them, but there's some that are just so outrageous and don't, and they're just far reaching. How, you know, you're, I, we were talking about this, your inbox, your DMs, they must be <laughs> like filled yeah. with incredible um, conspiracy theories. Yes. What are your top three conspiracy theories that you've heard, that you've been told, that people are like constantly t- telling you about, that you are <laughs> that you are certain are conspiracy? Well, what I will say about this is that everything is a conspiracy theory until it's not. And there's a lot of times where there there's a lot of truth to them that don't come true and, and the truth is revealed much later. So I wouldn't label anything necessarily as a conspiracy theory because I think that anybody that questions the mainstream line of thought is good. We need those people. Um, to second that, there's absolutely nothing that I'm sure of. That's the other part is like, you can't be sure. But I've heard, <laughs> I've heard a couple of <laughs> interesting ones lately. Um, the one that seems to be the most prominent right now is that, is that, and look, it is possible, is that the inauguration was basically faked or pre-recorded, that it was for some reason not actually there, didn't happen on that day, took place in some type of sound studio, which I don't understand exactly why that would be. Um, I don't understand the purpose. I don't understand the motive for that. But one theory was that it's, it's a sound studio. The second one, which I've been hearing a lot lately, which I just don't understand how people get to this one. But they think that the Joe Biden that we're seeing on TV now is not actually Joe Biden, that it is some type of body double replacement type. And people have been showing his signature from back in the day, comparing his signature now, showing his face and then showing his face now. And it's like, you know, people age like, I don't know, like your face changes a lot when you age, but whatever, whatever. And as far as the signature is concerned, has anybody verified for sure that that's his original signature? I mean, in the new signatures, he's signing his middle initial. Back then, he didn't. Could there be a reason for that? Could that be a presidential thing? I don't know. Like, I don't know. So I don't know. But those are two of the ones that I've been getting a lot lately. Is like, it's a hologram. It's fake. And it's not. And it's and it's not actually Joe Biden, which I guess. It's a lizard, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's possible. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been paying. Like, I've I've been looking at it. But for some reason, I'm just not really concerned too much with that. Because I don't feel like that's that important, to be quite honest. Um, whether it is or it isn't. Uh, but you just brought up the signature and how he's now using his middle initial. Did you know that his middle name, what is it, Robinette? Robinette, yeah. How did we not know that before? Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I'm like, Wiki- how did Wikipedia. that pass? <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I actually I knew that I knew that for a while before. I don't I don't know why that I knew that. I think it's just because I had done a bunch of research. But yeah, I used it in one of my nicknames recently as well. <laughs> I, think I, called him, I think I called him. I think I called him Joseph Garbinet or something like Garbinet something, basement something like that. But yeah, <laughs> I use I use, gar, I use garbage, trash, and dumpsters frequently as as kind of like my kind of like my core central word is like trash, garbage, dumpster. So I kind of incorporate garb and its variations into a lot of my names and phrases and things. Well, it's it's a massive dumpster fire that's yeah literally turning torching the earth at this point. It's uh, it's crazy. Trash. Everything is trash. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so then, um, what are you, some of the conspiracy theories that you've heard that you're like, yo, like that? There could be some legitimacy to that. Like that one, I I can get around. Well, uh, well, it's like you gotta be careful what you say because you. Somebody said to me today. <laughs> Somebody commented on my videos today. They're like, they're like, and this video is going to get you suicided, which I thought was a really funny, funny comment. Um, I think. Are you going to go with the Ark inside? What the what? Are you going to go to the Ark inside? What is that? <laughs> What's that? I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know the Ark inside when you no. like the Clinton body count? The uh... Oh, I, I mean, I'm very familiar with that. I never heard it referred to as that. No. Oh, it's like if someone gets Ark inside. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 I get it. No. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah, that's very highly likely. I think that what is I think that the, the, the conspiracy theory that I do believe is probably the most likely is that um, is that there is a there is a very small group of very powerful international banking cartels that run the entire planet. There are probably six, probably four to six families that have unforetold wealth, probably far beyond what any of us could ever anticipate or expect, far beyond Jeff Bezos, far beyond Bill Gates, far beyond all of the wealth that's documented publicly. And I think that this small cohort of four to six families run the entire planet. Um, I think that they have no allegiance to any one place. I think that they probably lack probably lack the genetic structure to have to have true deep empathy whether or not that's because they're a lizard or not i think is far-fetched who's to know but i think that they're just i think there's a lot of really sick people out there and i think that it's fair to say that um that there's a small cohort of, of uh, international banking cartels that run the entire planet um, and pretty much make the vast majority, if not all major decisions for every single government in the entire world. And that they are very likely puppeteering um, the vast majority of what happens around the planet to everyday people in pretty much every country in the world. And they're using um, basically manipulatable uh, generational and unsurmountable wealth, power, and influence to dictate how the entire planet runs and operates um, from now till kind of like forever. They've had it since the beginning. They probably had it far beyond um, what any of us can even imagine. And I do believe that their their groups and their organizations and their kind of like vetting systems of bringing people in and creating these secret kind of like underground cohorts of people that have a unified vision of what the world is supposed to be and they're kind of like indoctrinations into it is probably very highly likely and i would almost say almost certainly probable um yeah that's probably the one that i think is probably the most true yeah the only <laughs> the only allegiance is to the to, to the uh lizard people <laughs> See, see, and that's the thing is like, maybe, yes, maybe. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think that it's, if you take the lizard, if you take the lizard aspect out of it and you just say really, 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 really wealthy people that have had so much wealth that the only thing that they do is think that they are 
in a lot of ways, like, like divine, like godlike. Mm-hmm. It's like if you take just normal human beings and make them believe that they're godlike and put them in a, a bloodline that's that's interwoven and interconnected with other wealthy bloodlines, it's like, where did the kings go? You know, the kings got overthrown. They sat in the castle at the top of the hill when everyone knew where they were until the people revolted and took them over. Right. So they convinced the people to go against them. If you were a modern day king, you certainly wouldn't want people to know that you are one. You certainly wouldn't want them to know who you're, who you are, where you live, what your name is, or that you have power over them. You would want to hide in the darkness. That would be the whole point. You would want to, you would want to artificially raise other people to be the, to be the, uh, the, the punching bag and the target of those things. You know, a la your Jeff Bezos of the world, your Bill Gates, like, oh, there's the richest guy in the world, and it's like, is it though? Are you going to lead? Are you going to lead me to believe that? Jeff Bezos is the richest human being on the planet when he was not rich as a child. Are you telling me that somebody that grew up with a hundred billion dollars before they were born is somehow not as wealthy as Jeff Bezos? Like, come on. And then you have the family, the, the family ties. And all these things. It's like, let's be serious. Um, not to mention the fact that you have the, you have like, it's pretty, it's quite clear that corruption is rampant around the entire planet. There's no doubt about that. It's probably the, the United States is probably the least corrupt, but still corrupt of all nations in the entire world. So take all of these banks and all of this money and all of these cartels and all of these, all of these secret, like, like stores of wealth and their ability to manipulate not only policy, but money. And then you think about all these currencies, there's 20, 30, 40 currencies. These currencies can be printed and manipulated at a whim. I mean, think about that. Imagine having an, an untappable, uncappable, on anything wealth in every currency imaginable, all of the influence, all of the power, all the strength that you would have around the entire planet. Like to think that those people just don't exist, I think it's just, it's silly. It's like, it's like, yeah, maybe they don't exist, but that's fucking bullshit. You're telling me that a guy that's sitting, <laughs> the guy is sitting in Seattle running this huge website and like this guy just has all the power. What about the guy that doesn't go to work? You know, what about the guy that's never gone to work? What about the work of his as being divine and running the world like a God and having a small group of people that dictate kind of the future of the world and, and, and truly and wholeheartedly believe that it is their God, that they are like a God given deity that is responsible for kind of like saving us. I don't necessarily know that they're, you know, that in theory, well, I don't know like about saving. Evil. I think well, it's more about enslaving. <laughs> well, may, maybe, but at the same time, at the same time, if you thought that you were like godlike, if you thought that you were a deity in a lot of ways that you would be like, they need me, right? It's like the power of your mind is, is really crazy. And I think this is something that kind of I that I fight myself with about people like AOC. I think AOC is 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 completely, completely like long gone onto onto what the truth actually is. But I do believe that in her heart, she probably thinks she's doing the right thing and she's being manipulated by a larger structure that understands how to play her how and, and, and let her stand out front and be that. It's like, it's kind of like, it's like, this is the best example that I usually give is like, if you have a baseball team and you have a, your, your rookie draft pick and he, you know that he's going to do great things. You're going to raise this guy's value on your baseball team. You're going to put him on the commercials. You're going to sell his jersey in the front shop. You're going to be like, you know, you got to get this guy, the, the home run king, you know, and you're going to, you're going to artificially raise this guy's value to tee him up as being like the, the God of the team, because that's, that's your guy. You're going to raise them up and put them there. And then 
once that guy is put there, you can kind of feed them and manipulate them however you want because you 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 were the kingmaker of them. I think in a lot of ways that like people like AOC have been like the kingmaker says, okay, AOC, here you go, push the narrative. And she, in her heart of hearts, is like, this is for the good of the little guy. And she's just like blinded by the fact that she's been appointed to run and, and, and dictate that policy. So I think that like, she probably is inherently good. She just doesn't know. And I think that in a lot of ways that it's feasible to think that that could happen really far up the chain as well. It's not just like everyone's evil and they're like murder everyone, maybe. But I think that it's a little bit of a mixture of both. I would think that that would be the case. <laughs> you know? That would be the more likely case. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, you were talking about this idea of deities and, and all of that. And you expressed to me before we started that you were raised Roman Catholic. I was also raised Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, how did how how was that for you growing up, like being in the church? It was I mean, I understand why my parents pushed me in that direction, because it lets you know, like when you're in the church, it's like everybody was nice. They were giving, they were kind. They, you know, it was like help the downtrodden. My mom baked, you know, baked cakes for the, you know, for the bake sale. It was like, there's a lot of great values and community values that were taught in there. You know, uh, repent for your sins. Like I remember going into the booth and, and saying like, God oh, did these mean things to my brother. Okay. Say the rosary and like, you know, you'll be okay. And everything's gonna be fine. So there was, I see all of the good in there. What, what threw me and what I find frustrating is that when you when you centralize when you centralize thought to where you think that the who operates that thought is someone that is human and not someone that is beyond and the priest or the pope or whomever is now the messenger for this god you're taking a you're taking a person who is imperfect a fallible human being, and you're using them to speak for something that is far beyond. And I think that that translation messed with me because it's like, well, who's this guy? Who's the, like, why? What if, what if they had a bad day? You know? And it's just like, you put this in the structure where it's like, you got to believe what these people say you got to believe it's in this book. Well, there's a lot of other books. There's a lot of other books. Those books showed up in a lot of different places. And there's a lot of different stories that in a lot of ways are very, very similar. And there's a lot of stories that are similar on the alien front, on the extraterrestrial front. There's a lot that are similar on the religious front. And I think that a lot of them are just all just different interpretations of generally the same thing. So I think that the church inherently is kind of is good in the sense of all the things that it endorses. Don't steal, don't covet your neighbor, don't, you know, don't rob, don't murder. All these things are good. And it's like, like most things in life, I believe that 95% of things are usually very, very good. And it's, and it's almost like people, but it's like, there's a 5% in there that's imperfect. And we just have to, we just have to know that I don't like all in support Republican or conservative or liberal or, 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 or libertarian or whoever. It's like, I never, I never say I'm all in on one position, religious belief, what's above or anything. It's just like, I just try to decipher my way through each individual thing as it comes and just take a little piece from everywhere and decide where it is. To me, church is the earth. To me, God is all of us. We are God. I mean, what's God? I don't know. God is, when I when you pray, I think that it's been scientifically proven that you alter the chemicals that are that are moving around inside your own body. You're praying to yourself. You're praying to 
all of us, the collective, you know, what is the human race? I think that that is God. We are God. God is us. And, and this is our divine kingdom. We are divine. We are God, God of our own lives. And that doesn't mean that there's not an outside source that's influencing it. But I certainly don't think it's a man or a woman or a white or black or blue or brown or anything guy. I think that it's probably highly likely a vast network of energies that are influencing us from people of the past, people of the future. And then if you want to flip it even one more further than that, I would almost say that it is probably highly likely that we were never born, we never truly die. And life is just a perpetual recycling of the same life. We were never, there is no beginning, there is no end. And we've just always been, it's just been it, it's been now. And it's always been now. So what does that mean? I don't know. How do you translate that? <laughs> I don't know, but that seems the most likely to me. Like matter cannot be created or destroyed. I think that that's possible. Well, this may be our hundredth life, maybe our fifth. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much there with you on all of that. I think if you're not leaving room open for any sort of wiggle room to go another way, then you've kind of lost sight of what it means to discover. You mm -hmm. know, and and because there's just no way there we've not discovered nearly a fraction of what there is to discover out there right now, at least from the human perspective. You said earlier that you studied, like you read on the ancient Sumerians and all that. What was the most fascinating thing that you like learned through all that? Well, I think that, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> Go for the, it. Go the, for it, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that it, The beauty of life is in the unknown. That's kind of part of the game. I used to play video games a lot. And I remember thinking to myself, what is the likelihood that this could in, in and of itself just be a simulation? What if this is, what if we are in a video game? What if all of these are just lessons? What if, what if nothing is real but me? What if all of you guys are just there to help me? And what if, and vice versa? What if I'm just there to help you? What if it's all just a simulation with the intent of helping you evolve? I think it's very highly likely that that's the case. What, what, what I don't know is that, or what I also know is that absolutely no one knows. I don't care what anybody says. And I've argued with friends about this many times. Well, this, this guy had a life death experience and he saw this shit. Okay, that's that guy. That's, oh, it's 5,000 guys. I don't care. It could be 5 million guys because a lot of things happen to one person one time. So I don't know. So I think that what it led me to believe is that anything is possible. Number one, question everything. Mm -hmm. Number two, and number three, absolutely nobody knows for sure. And if you follow that, then it makes you realize like, maybe we can fly. I don't know. Maybe we can't. If maybe some, maybe just nobody really believed that we could, or maybe they did it and no one saw it. And maybe they couldn't do it again because no one else believed. Who knows? So I just, I don't believe anything. I question everything. And I think that it taught me that you have to use, you have to use symbolism and rational thought to come to a lot of conclusions in life. And they're not going to make sense. And you can't expect other people to validate your belief. There's been a lot of people that have been right over the course of history and every single person disagreed with them for a long mm -hmm. time and including well after their death. And yeah. they're just like, Oh, the earth, you know, the earth, the sun rotates around the earth until it doesn't and yeah. so forth. So the point is that 
when I watch shows like Ancient Aliens, for example, and it points out things that are like laser cut pieces of rock that have existed for tens of thousands of years. It's like, and someone's going to sit there and be like, well, this would be really difficult. We probably couldn't even make this now. And this existed 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. And then you think about things like what could be washed away in a great flood, all the technology that we could have lost. Think about if we had that now, all the technology that would be lost, just the rock would remain. And then you think about, you know, were the pyramids, were the pyramids power plants? It's, there's, a hot, there's a lot of stuff that suggests to me that a pyramid could be a power plant. So it's just like, okay, we got power plants, we got teleportation, we got all of this stuff that could in theory be true. I don't know for sure, but that's part of the game of life. That's part of the mystery. So I think that a lot of this stuff is true and we're getting closer to it, but the not knowing is kind of like part of the fun of this game. It's the video game. It's like, imagine if you had the greatest game ever, the greatest puzzle to ever be played where you could go in any direction at any time and live however you want with anything. You could live on the beach in Costa Rica and surf and teach surfing lessons. You could live in Egypt and you could go through the pyramids. You could live in the United States and, and have a coffee shop. I mean, there's, it's like this beautiful, just amazing thing. And it's like, it's the greatest thing of all time. It's so fucking awesome. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't expect to ever know, but I think that I'm certainly glad I'm here and it's a, it's a fun ass time while we're in it. Well, I, the, you said it really well there. I think that's, it's important for us to all remember the importance of the mystery and that we're here to learn and experience things. And if you already know what you're going to experience, it kind of takes away some of the fun and a lot of the lessons to be learned as well. Yep. You, so you kind of, you mentioned uh, that, you know, there's people who have like one-off experiences. And I know you've had a one-off experience when you were a kid. Uh, you want to talk to us a little bit about uh, ETs, <laughs> UFOs? <laughs> well, I really only had, I, I, I if I could see, and as I was saying to you before, it's like, I don't remember. I don't know if I imagined this. I don't know if I wanted to imagine it. I'd like to think I saw it, but who knows what I saw. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of planes and skies, lots of different things. So I don't know. But if there was anything that would ever be an extraterrestrial experience, it would be when I was, um, when I was probably like, I'd say like eight or nine, I had a birthday party where we all camped out in my backyard. We lived in kind of central rural Connecticut where you had a really clear view of the sky, the stars, everything, nowhere near any city. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of extraterrestrial abnormal kind of situations that have happened in the Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New England region of the United States, like many other places in the U S but definitely there have been there. Um, and I remember one time, I remember one time I came out of my tent at this like seven, eight year old or nine year old birthday party. And I saw what I thought was some type of ship that was round. It had circular kind of like circular discs of color around it, around the bottom, kind of like you would imagine a, some type of floating, like a UFO to be kind of like exactly that, but I couldn't see the top. It was just a round bottom with different circular colors around it. And it was just kind of like hovering in the area around the neighborhood. I didn't see it move. I didn't see it go anywhere. I didn't see a light beam. I just remember it hovering and just kind of like sitting off in the distance. And it's like, things like that just make me wonder. It's like, okay, let's say that it was. Well, did they have to be right on top of my head to, to know that I'm there? If you just traveled from a galaxy far, far away, maybe you would park down the fucking street and then come say what up, you know, well, who knows? I mean, there's any, there's any likelihood that they could have already came to us and zapped us for a minute and then done whatever they did. I'm not saying that they went in my ass or injected something into my leg, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, who knows what the hell was going on? There's kids that were outside. What are these kids going to know? So I certainly don't rule it out. And like, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they saw something in me or one of the people they were with where they're like, this person could be a steward of goodness. And the other thing 
that, that I think is amazing about all this is I think that there are a lot of evidences in history of, of stories of kind of like God or spirits or extraterrestrial interaction mm -hmm. in super significant historical moments in time that have been influenced in one way or the other. I wish I'd, I should, I've talked about this before. I wish I had the exact story, but it was something along the lines of like during the revolutionary war, they're going this way and some, some ghost or some spirit says, go that way. They go that way. They end up winning the war. America is created as a result. Right. So I think that, I think that it's reason to believe that in the event that there was some type of extra extraterrestrial influence on us even being here. I do believe that in a way we're like their plants or their children in a way, and that it's highly likely that they would, it would be in their interest to kind of guide us along only when absolutely necessary and kind of like be involved in our affairs without being completely involved. So maybe at that moment they were scouting out higher thinking individuals and maybe I was one of them or maybe I wasn't, who knows, maybe I'm not, but could they have been like, hey, here's a person. Let's keep an eye on this cat. Maybe this guy could be a, a steward of the good word, you know? Um, so I don't know. I like to believe that way about, about myself. It's like it's like you, you either it's like you're a leader or, or you're a follower. It's like yeah. you think you think you could be the greatest thing to ever be in the history of time. Not that you're self-absorbed, but you think that you could do a great deal of good or you kind of like don't. And I choose to believe that way. So it's like, what was that? Who knows? I don't know. But I'm trying to do something. Uh, this is this is my attempt, I guess. Do you think it's possible that you were intended to see it on, for for a purpose? Certainly, it's possible. Yeah, it's certainly possible. To, to, that's the thing. See, that's the thing that's so crazy is that all things happen. Wait, did everyone see intent. it or just you? I, to be honest with you, I don't remember. I don't okay. know. I would say, if if anyone did, maybe one person, but I don't know. I can't mm -hmm. remember. I honestly can't remember. So that's why I'm like, did this even happen? Did yeah. I imagine, did I really want it to? Cause it's possible that I did just want it to, but it's like, it seems just like an odd memory, but I don't know. Do you, have you ever had dreams of UFOs or aliens or anything like that? Um, no, 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 not like, not that I can recall. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's like, <laughs> there's like one in the tree in my backyard right now. It's like, <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's get him. It's like, fuck it hell. Uh, I mean, I, I tell you, I watched the, um, I watched the, the fourth kind, um, years and years ago and I couldn't sleep for like a day that movie kind of oh, like, really because I was like I was like okay like there's a lot of like I could I could get there with this story you know um it's like I know that I know that the Sumerian language was the first ever recorded language so the fact that these guys were speaking ancient Sumerian it's just like I you could take me there like I could believe that and I, I think that like all things it's like life is yin and yang. There's good and evil, right? So to think that there's not evil forces to complement the good forces, it's like, what, there's just good? There's just a bunch of super awesome, dope-ass aliens out there? Just not? I don't know. It just seems like if there was good, there would probably have to be bad. And I think that the vast majority of the time, call it God, call it whatever you want to call it, I think that like good does win and good is winning. Um, so, you know, who knows what it is, but we'll, we may never find out. We may not find out until we get that natural DMT pop before we die. And it's like, ah, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Well, have you ever seen, because I've actually physically with my own eyes seen like a demon. Have you ever, have you ever seen like- I don't like, seen, like that like, story. <laughs> <laughs> scaring the shit Have you ever know. seen like an entity that's of not this dimension or anything Fucking like that? Fucking no, no. <laughs> 
Feel free to elab on that one. It's quite interesting. Uh, demons usually appear. Um, I mean, what I saw and then what I've heard other people say, it correlates. Um, but they're kind of like a smoky black cloud. I don't like this. <laughs> and I saw it. I was with my girlfriend and her husband at the time. We were we were sharing a hotel room at this wedding. And um, I was sleeping on the cot. They were in the bed. And... I was having this wicked, weird dream, like really wicked, weird. And I just remember looking, I opening my eyes and this cloud, this black cloud was swirling over my friend. And I'm like, go, like, I just basically like, you can't. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then I kind of just woke up and then they, they say oftentimes if you completely pull yourself out of a certain state of consciousness, then it completely disappears. Like you... There's a state where you're in where you can actually see beyond the veil, so to speak. And so because I got so worked up, I snapped and then it was like everything was back to normal. And her husband's like, are you okay? And I'm like, are you okay? There's a demon above you. Holy fucking. <laughs> and what's, here's the trippy thing though, Bobby. Here's the trippy thing. Because I could have been like, well, maybe I just made that up, right? Maybe I was just in that dream state where, you know, I thought I was seeing it, but I was really just dreaming it, you know? Yeah. Well, the next day... Oh, no. My friend, a friend like of this. mine, a friend of mine who's very into all this kind of stuff, texts me and he's like, how are you doing this morning? And I said, oh, I, I, I'm okay. I had some really weird dreams, though. And he's like, I know. I took care of that demon for you. And I'm like, whoa, what? No. <laughs> nope, don't like that. Oh, so it's like, those things are really hard to explain. And when you can't explain it away, you're like, there's a possibility that this really did happen. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I could, I mean, I, I certainly don't think that you're crazy for saying that. I, I believe that that would be possible. I'm like, like, as you're saying that, I'm like checking my camera screen to make sure something's not like <laughs> fucking behind me, you know? Imagine that'd be so scary. Imagine if I was just talking to you live and it was just like, bah, bah, and that was it. And then they sh the shit just goes dark. Holy you glitch, fuck. you're gone. Like just, yeah. And then, and then and all you, the screen is black and all you hear is fucking Sumerian. Yeah, that would be ultra weird. <laughs> the audience <laughs> would be digging it. They're like, this is the best show the ever. Best. How did you do it? How did you do it? They're like, sick. <laughs> he's, he's taking over right David. No, like my, my, my Instagram account goes cold. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, last one, last one, because I, I do have some interesting information about this as well. What's your whole thought on the whole monument thing? You know, the mm -hmm. monument being dark and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on on that? Because I, I don't know if the lights have come back on on the what, but I know like Sunday it went dark, Monday it was dark. Um, well, Wednesday, Tuesday? yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, go give uh, us, give us your, give us your conspiracy uh, like well, rant on it. <laughs> well, let's, well, here's kind of my thought is how many times have you paid attention to whether or not the monument is lit? Do you like, are you paying attention to when it's lit and not lit? Cause I'm not, I've never been like, it's it's you know it's june 23rd like why isn't the monument lit i'm not out here like checking the monuments being lit or not i don't know you know i don't pay attention to that so is this irregular i don't know maybe it probably is sure 
But what does that mean? It's also irregular that it's also irregular that that we have troops in DC. Anything could be irregular. Well, if I was going to, if I was going to, if I didn't want people to, if I thought that there was a real serious and present danger, I don't know that I'd want to light the shit up and reveal my fucking location. You know, like what if there's guys walking around? I mean, we have night vision goggles. It's not like we don't. So it's like, it might be a smarter strategy to assume that your average everyday person doesn't have night vision goggles. Right. So you just turn the lights off and then just, navigate around and that way no one can take a picture or camera you can make movements at night and patrol the grounds and your average everyday american insurrectionist or whatever you want to call it probably doesn't have nvgs and 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 probably they don't have a team of people with them because they're expensive they're hard to come by they're certainly not going to be as high quality and caliber as the ones that that the federal government has so it's just like to me it seems like it's just a, a military strategy like hey we don't want people running up in here turn the lights off and that's going to that, that makes sense that's a really very so, valid yeah totally turn, turn the shit off <laughs> it's like we, <laughs> we got we we also have we also have we also have heat we also have heat cameras and a variety of other things right and i would bet that the lights again it's like if you're going to light it up for someone might as well turn it off use a heat use a heat camera you could track it just as well without it it probably in fact would make it easier so in the event that there was a true and present danger, you don't want to just have the shit lit up. So does that mean that they're arresting Pelosi in the basement and and, no. you know, and, and Biden, like, you know, and like Biden's under insurrection. And like, as I always say, like Pompeo is going to repel out of a black Hawk and like arrest. Pelosi. Like, I don't, I don't know. My, my thought would be certainly it's weird, but at the same time, that doesn't indicate to me any, anything other than what could just as well be normal. I don't pay yeah. attention to it every day. I don't know. Um, I certainly hope that that is happening and they're arresting all the evildoers and Donnie's, you know, Donnie's in a, in a submarine somewhere and he's about to rise again and save the world. But I just don't, uh, I'm not going to speculate on some shit that I don't have any way of knowing. And I, and I would say that most people don't have a way of knowing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the sad part. And if you did, if you did know, and you're dropping that knowledge on fucking YouTube and Instagram, well, then you're kind of like not trusting the plan, bro. You're not being very, <laughs> you're not being very American, bud. Like maybe shut the fuck up. If that's a super top secret underground cable, you know what I mean? Like don't tell everybody that shit. So if you had super top secret military clearance and you're just leaking this shit so that someone could be on Instagram and be like, yo, like talk, keep that close to the vest, dude. We're saving the planet. Like, what are you doing that for? I don't know. So <laughs> I had, a, I had a dream about the monument the day before they closed it. And it was so funny. And the re- this is why the reason why I'm asking you, because sometimes I see things before certain things happen. What Uh-oh. now, why things are happening? I have no idea that I can't speculate on. Um, but what I did see in my dream is I was shown that um, the monument was kind of like a mm, lack of a better word, like a power source for the elite in a sense, you know, let's call it like a symbol. It's like a symbol of power for the elite. Okay. Okay. So um, I was shown in and shown that it was being infiltrated, basically um, dismantling the power. And so I was like, oh, I think like in my dream, I was just being shown that something could be happening on like the DL, something like we don't have any idea of what's going on, that there are maybe things happening on a military op or something that could be um, with with just for whatever, like you could just take it from a dream because dreams hold a lot of symbolism that with that monument holding a symbol of power for the elite, that that was kind of being taken down. 
And so I was like, oh, cool dream, whatever. I kind of discussed it on on my YouTube channel, this one. But then the next day, like all of a sudden they're closing the the national parks and the Washington Monument down. And I'm like, well, that's just strange timing, you know, like, okay, like whatever. And then um, fine, like that was just one thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I guess Sunday when it kind of went dark, I was like, what's really going on over there then, you know? And I think what you said is most likely I, I mean, most plausible in a sense that if there is with all of the military in the actual D.C., that I think that's very possible that why would you want to have stuff lit up if you're if there is something going down or even if there isn't, if there's the potential for something to go down, you still want to like be on guard. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that if you were. If you were like drunk on power and you all of this stuff was true, which is certainly possible, you gotta like I remember hearing this thing the other day, and I wish I remember where it was from, but it was like it basically was something along the lines of this. It was like symbolism will be their downfall. Mm-hmm. Is that they'll kind of like overplay their hand about how obvious they're being. It's like you hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And that type of shit weirds me out because it's like of all people to perform at the inauguration it's like who's leading the charge like you got tom hanks that seems so weird it's like it's almost like rubbing it in your face because it's like we all have we all have a little bit of an understanding of what we occurred with the tom hanks situation Mm -hmm. then you have people like chrissy teigen and like i don't know anything about chrissy teigen right i don't know anything about chrissy teigen but there's certainly a lot of weird ass shit that chrissy teigen has posted online i'm not going to sit here and disparage chrissy teigen i don't know this woman i've never met her but it's like that's a lot of weird shit Right. And it's just like, there's the white house account, like following only her as a celebrity. And then you got John, you got John legend, her husband singing. And it's just so weird. It's like, it's almost like they're just like kind of rubbing it in your face a little bit. And it's just like of all the people that could sing of all the people you could follow. But then on the other side of that, it's like, could it all just be like, one could, big it all, troll? could it all just be nothing? Yeah. They're like, Oh, whatever. Like did the, did Chrissy Teigen just say, Hey, could you follow me? And then they just did. I mean, maybe, it's like it's like it's like in a way you want to believe it's all part of this very grand orchestrated scheme. And then on the other side, it's like just idiots are being idiots and trolling and trolling and that's it. So I don't know. And I try not to speak on it because I don't want to sit here and disparage someone like Chrissy Teigen. When I don't know. It seems questionable. But if I were her, I'm sure lots of questionable things would be thrown at me. So it's like it's like part of me. Part of me believes that there's a lot of merit to that. And I'm certainly going to keep a keen eye, eye to it. Yeah. But on the other side, it's like. Imagine how many people take shots at you when you have global visibility. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, the people at the top are the easiest ones to target. So it's just like, could Tom Hanks just be a good old guy, nice guy? Maybe, you know, did 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 Billy the Diddler fly on Epstein's plane just because he's his pal? Fucking maybe, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man, but like, probably not. But like, I wasn't there, but like, probably fucking not. But you know, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. Seems that the people that can do something about it kind of haven't done anything about it. Yet this guy and his fucking cohorts seem to be able to get everybody into power. And this guy's sitting on the stage at the most powerful thing in the world. It's like, it's like, if anybody's playing 5D chess, it's these people. And it's like, if they truly are doing all that shit, unfortunately, they got a lot of us and it's just like just speaking up about it is like scary and the whole thing it's like it's just a big mess so i don't i try not to weigh in on what i don't know all i will say is that it's very very weird and if they are doing that you know 
that's really sad. I hope that they stop fucking doing that. And <laughs> what else stop. am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Stop being, a, <laughs> stop being a fucking, you know what I mean? Stop being a tyrant, you psycho. Yeah. But whatever. Um, okay, cool. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think too, like I've questioned some things where there's definitely things you, it's hard to be like, come on, like that's just, you're making it really hard for me to see something positive in, in this, you know? And then there's other times where I'm feeling, am I just getting trolled? Are we all just getting seriously trolled right now? Cause I feel like there's that element too. And I think the biggest mistake any of us can do is underestimate our enemy or underestimate the people we're hoping get arrested or anything. So um, that's where you can seriously meet your downfall. But if they in fact did all the things. Yes, that if they in fact they did. did all of the, those things. Yeah. Right. So, okay. On a positive note, where do you see the earth going in the rest of 2021? Well, <laughs> is it just going to be one big dumpster fire? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, yes, but no, I, I think it's, I think that, uh, I think that life in a lot of ways is like nature. It's, it's all a reflection, you know, you need to have, there's a benefit to the earth for there to be a hurricane. There's a benefit to the earth for there to be a tornado. There's a benefit for there to be a forest fire. These, these natural processes are the earth healing itself. And to think that any of those things just happen by mistake is foolish. Like you can look in nature, you can look at science and understand that those things happen for a reason and they have positive effects. For all the destruction that a, that a wildfire causes, it burns off all of the dry brush and it allows for new trees to grow. And there's a variety of other things. So you can, you can see examples of the earth healing itself. And I think that it's kind of like the same way for life. It's like you get, you get kicked in the face sometimes and it makes you come back stronger. Like that's kind of just like the ebbs and flows of the universe. That's nature. That's yin and yang. That's duality. That's how, that's how nature works. That's how life works. So I would wager that much like, much like nature heals itself, the world heals itself and, the world has these ebbs and flows. I think that really the entire universe is nothing more than, uh, than a, than a vibration, than a flow of energy. It's up and it's down. This so happens to be our interpretation of the down, which will be followed by an up. And I think that to think that it's just like going to go down until forever is foolish. I think that like, I think it was Steve Jobs. He said, it's, it's always hard to connect the dots going forwards. It's much easier to connect the dots looking backwards. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that maybe this happened to wake up all those people that would have otherwise not been awake. That may be the, that may be the unintended benefit of this lockdown shit. That may be the unintended benefit of, of, of Donnie being rising to prominence. It may be here. They put in this guy, they cheated this guy in, or maybe they didn't, we don't know, whatever. It certainly seems like they did whatever, but they get this guy in and then he's making all these horrible decisions. And like, it's just waking people up. And I think that this may be necessary to wake up enough people to swing the pendulum back the other direction um, towards good. Because think about how many people didn't pay attention to this shit before 2016. I, I would say that the vast majority of people never voted before. And you can look statistically and see that they didn't. So you've got the theoretical highest voter turnout in, in, in American history. And that means that more people are tuned in to tuned into what's happening. And I think that that's valuable. Now, look at an account like mine, for example, like people are consuming political content, 
knowledgeable content, staying uh, staying abreast in their own way of what's happening mm-hmm. now. And now here I am filling a void that was otherwise filled with what? What, what were you watching? Were you watching the housewives? Were you watching? What were you watching? So now this is a piece of time that's marinating out in the world. And I'm not unique. My account didn't rise because I'm so funny or I'm so great or it was timely. It's because that's what's needed right now in in the sphere because a position opened up, the opportunity presented itself and it so happened to push me into it. And I was like, okay, I'll rise to this occasion. And the people, the market spoke and gave me this and said, be a steward of this, chooch, like go and do something. So it's just like, that's kind of how the world works. And I think that, um, I think that, that, that if we just look at how the market moves and manipulates things and gives someone like myself and you a platform to talk more about this, that means that it's becoming more part of the zeitgeist. And I think that this is probably going to wake up a lot of people that consider this themselves to be very left when they go and like, I voted for Joe Biden and this guy is making really bad decisions. And now it's affecting me. Oh, wait, now it's affecting my life. Oh, wait, it's my family. Oh, wait, it's my job. Oh, wait, it's my money. Oh, wait, it's my backpack. Oh, wait, it's, oh, oh, it's my sports. It's my kids. It's my life. Holy shit. Oh my God. Wow. I never really thought this was this there. This was this integrated into my daily life. Wait a second. I got to pay attention now. If I want to take control of my life, I got to make a decision. And now it's like, I'm not going to weigh in in the last two weeks. And just like that, like the tide rises to meet all the people that have been there pushing the truth all along. And it's like all the people that are influential, like there's a long, long road, a long arduous road for those people to get that influence. And they did the right thing for a long period of time and the road rose to meet them. So it's like people like myself and other people that are pushing out great quality, quality content as people become more awake, the road rises to meet us. Biden, Biden starts to reveal himself as, as the, uh, as the wrong person. And I think that we're going to see a lot of his true colors. I think we're going to see a lot of Krusty's true colors. I think that we're going to see bad decisions that they're going to make happening in real time. And people like myself and many others are going to do the best that we can while we have the opportunity to reveal and highlight those things, not reveal, but just highlight them. And hopefully more people will be able to rationally think and go do research and, and we'll have a more prosperous future as a result of them yeah. overplaying, overplaying their position. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest takeaways too is that one of the great things about, I think, (laughs) Baseman getting in and Trump not (laughs) is that it's forcing people to really start to take personal responsibility for who's in office, you know, and and really starting to say, okay, if, if it's not my vote, how do how other ways are there? And there are yep. people starting to come together and starting to, at the local levels of their government, which most people don't really pay attention to. They're only paying attention to the big ones, but the local ones is where you will have the most impact initially as the people, and you can start changing things. And I think that's what's starting to happen. I, I'm seeing boots on the ground, groups starting to form um, to start taking, going state by state and starting to basically take out certain, find ways, legal ways to get people out. And I'm already seeing stuff start to roll in favor of the people, which is really cool. And I think that's what the biggest takeaway that I'm seeing from all of this is so that everyone gets out of the savior complex and just looking to someone to save them, to help them, to show them the way, to pave the way for them. And that we're all here as a collective to make it all work together. Mm-hmm. And, and basically undo the mess we all got ourselves into. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it certainly is promising. It's just the, there needs to be 
there needs to be this conversation in the forefront as much as possible. And all great things that have ever happened in the world have been organized and propelled by a small group of like-minded people. So it's just like, if who are those people? Because if it's because I don't I don't know who it is, so it's got to be us, right? It's like mm-hmm. if you have the capacity and you don't do it, all right. Like I, people have asked me, they're just like, why do you why do you care? And it's like because if everyone doesn't care, it's kind of like when you talk to people about like recycling, they're just like, well, if I don't recycle, who cares? There's a million people. Well, it's like, well, you're one of them. So, <laughs> so, so I'm saying that it's like we have to. I hate I hate I would hate to look back twenty years from now and be like, I could have said something when yeah. all this shit happened. And it's like, look, I'm not on the front lines. I'm not picketing, you know, I'm not doing whatever. I'm trying to be efficient. I'm saying, where do I have skills and an advantage? How could I, how could I do this in the most, in the most, ma- in the most macro level um, and, and, and really affect change? And to me, it's through digital media. I think that mm-hmm. that is the answer. And if I thought there was a better way, I would do it another way. But I just think that this is the, this is the information battlefield and we have to keep it, we have to keep this conversation in the forefront. Yeah, we all come in with certain skills, certain gifts, and it's um, up to us to use them in the most profitable way for humanity. Mm-hmm. And and to not sit back on our laurels and just kind of get lazy and complacent and hope that someone else does the job. <laughs> See, that's the victimhood mentality. That's yeah. That was the thing that fucked me up is I'm just like, wait, if I'm gonna sit here and be like, oh, you know, woe is me, Joey Basement's taking a dump in my cereal and like my life sucks. Well, then what am I doing about it? I mean, that's the whole thing is it's just like we can only complain for so long. And I think that the general disposition about politics is like, well, they're they're corrupt. They've been corrupt. We're fucked. Live your life. And I get that. But it's like I don't know that like Thomas Jefferson thought that way. I don't know. I don't know that that George Washington thought that way. I don't think that if everyone thought that way, we wouldn't have this shit. So it's like sometimes it is just one guy or one gal like sometimes that's what it is and that's the kind of thing where it's just where it's just like i look at myself because that's all i've got and i'm just like if i can't do it who can do it it's like it's like i have use of my limbs i'm healthy i'm young i'm I'm fairly well versed in this i care about it it's like i love america i have loving parents like i i grew up with good schools it's like i have all the things like i'm i'm protected i have a house i have a car i have a job i have an income stream so it's just like what disadvantage do i have so if i don't do it then who's gonna do it somebody's in a better position than me who are they are they just richer than me what is it that they have that i don't have the answer is that like it's gotta be me. And I don't mean me. I mean, it's gotta be anyone that says, if I have the capacity to know and understand this and push it forwards and I don't, then I can't complain about it. I can't complain that this is fucked up if I don't try to contribute in some way, whether it's, and it could be donating, it could be volunteering, it could be speaking, it could be whatever it is, but you gotta give something. And that's just kind of what I'm trying to do. And I hope that more people do that. No, and I and I think that's great. And I think if any if everyone just focused on something practical that they could do in this present moment that would affect change in any way that would lead you lead you down the road that goes to the place that you see the world in a better, you know, perspective, mm-hmm. then I think that's all anyone can really ask for. And right. that's probably more than what most people are doing. 
And if we all actually just started taking that action, even just from an energetic perspective, that just starts to shift everything because now there's momentum going. And once momentum starts to build, it's like that just becomes stronger and stronger and uh, people just get smarter and and, and people start to come together. People start talking, ideas start building and new doors start to open that you didn't even know were there. And uh, I just think... At the end of the day, I love a good conspiracy theory. Trust me, I've gone down so many rabbit holes. There's some where I was like, damn, what a waste of time that was. <laughs> and then there's other ones where I'm like, damn, I like this is really possible. But at the end of the day, right now, with all of the different theories going out there, whether they're true or they're not, I think it's a distraction from what we could be doing in this present moment right now to affect change, uh, like Agreed. boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's like how I feel. And so... I kind of spent my time less going into all of the different theories that are going around there. And I'm not saying that some of them aren't true. They could be like you were saying, maybe. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, how is that getting me closer to the place that I really want to see like the children behind me coming in to live, you know, like. I think about my niece, I think about my nephew and, and potentially my kids one day, like what future are they going to have? How, what am I doing today that's going to help create the better future for them? And so I think that's kind of where we all kind of need to pull our heads out of all of the different possibilities and really, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but balance is so key. If you're not taking enough practical steps to affect change, then there's an imbalance and we need to fix that. Yep. So, um, Bobby, tell my audience where they can find you and what you got going on. Have you got any events coming up or anything like that? So, um, you can find me on Instagram at take naps. I'm also on Facebook and on YouTube at Bobby Sausalito. I would love to be back on parlor if the, if the, uh, overlords of, of, uh, of information would allow for it to be, but I was on parlor on at, at, at take naps. Um, but Instagram is kind of home base, um, mm-hmm. but you can find all my videos on Facebook and YouTube as well. Um, and then all of my merch and supporting the cause is all at bobbysauce.com. Um, I am working on I am working on putting together an event actually to just kind of get people together that just want to meet other cool people. Um, a lot of people have been asking me about it, and I think that that would be an interesting way to kind of just collaborate with some cool folks. Um, not necessarily making it political, but just people just chilling, like-minded people that are thinking on this vein. Um, so I am working on something like that right now. Um, but yeah, all I would say is just follow me on all the socials and that's where, that's where my stuff is at, at take naps on, on the ground. Awesome. Are you going to get on Gab? Uh, maybe I think <laughs> this is the thing is that I don't, <laughs> I've talked about this in other, another podcast. It's like, if you can get clapped by one structure, you can get clapped by others. So right now, like, I think that I'm coloring in between the lines for YouTube and Facebook and and Instagram. And I don't think that I'm breaking any rules. I'm not saying anything that I'm not being very, very clear and transparent about my positions. I don't think that I'm saying anything that's wrong. So I don't think that I violated any terms of use and I don't intend to. So right now these platforms are doing right by me. You know, Facebook allows me to monetize my videos, although it's very small right now. Um, Instagram, I'm still getting, I'm still getting my content out there and I'm supportive of that. I have stock in Facebook because I like the company. I always have. Do I like that they're silencing certain people? Absolutely not. But generally speaking, I think that as far as a communication tool is concerned, they're doing all right. They're not great. They're certainly not perfect. And I don't just agree with everything. But right now they're solving the need for me. So 
I may end up being there, but right now it's like, I don't want to spread myself too thin, but it's yeah, possible. Yeah, I totally get it. It gets, it gets a lot having to keep up all these different accounts. I did so, that on Parler. Yeah. I did that on Parler and I was really liking my growth on Parler. I had, I probably had almost 2,500 on Parler and yeah. I was getting good traction there and comments and things were growing and it just, to just wake up one day and know that it got clapped was so annoying. And on top of that, <laughs> I also learned that, I learned that when, um, when they dumped their servers, they yeah. wiped everything. Oh. So uh, when, when Parler comes back, it's zero. Yeah, okay. There's nothing. Yeah, it's see, zero. I've been on Gab for a couple of years now. And oh, nice. I knew that when Parler came out, it was going to go down because there were some really good people on Gab who were researching into it and knew that its days were going to be numbered. And um, Gab has actually um, taken so many hits from the deep state. They've been able to build their infrastructure up. Now, of course, they're just trying to now because they have their own servers and everything like they can't really get taken down at this point. It's That's just a matter of, well, yeah, and, and anyone can get taken down. But I mean, from the point of, you know, they're pretty secure considering where they're at and what they're doing. Um, I think you do well there. I think you would do really well there. Just, yeah. just throwing it out there. I totally get where you're coming from, but I think you would find really fast growth there. You're probably, you're probably right. And I think that that, and like even TikTok and other options are, are certainly on the table. What I've been focusing on is like, I just want to keep focusing on the videos and any distraction from it, I think is not at the, in the cards, but I do think that I will end up there. But what I will say, cause I have a really, a really very, very long depth of experience of the internet and how the internet works. I've bought and sold websites for 15 years. I've been a web developer for 15 years. If you, if they want to clap you, you can be clapped. The, a lot of the domain names are owned. A lot of the domain name extensions are owned by a very small group of people. There's a company called the internet corporation of assigned names and numbers that regulates all of these domain names. So if you don't get popped at the domain level, you could get popped at the ISP level. There's a variety of different fail safes in there that in the event that you just had your own servers that you're still clappable. So absolutely no one's invincible. I'm not saying that Gab will be subjected to that, but no one is invisible. Yeah, no, I completely here. agree. Yeah, nothing's completely foolproof. Yeah. So, all but right, well, cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Bobby, for coming on the show. Thank you, Christina, for throwing all of his links in the live chat. Uh, guys, thanks so much. I love you all. And uh, I'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening and being such a supportive audience. All video episodes can now be found on my personal YouTube channel, Nicole Frolic. If you would like to further support the show, you can visit my merchandise shop or send any donations to the PayPal link in the description below. Remember, a mind is like a parachute. Unless it's open, it's useless. So keep joining me each week as I continue to expand the mind and explore life beyond this reality.